Hi, I'm Stephen with the El Paso Herald Post and still going somewhere. Today we're going to be talking about an impending loss of a butterfly sanctuary, a historic chapel, a cemetery that dates back before the Civil War and where veterans are buried from the Civil War up through World War II. We're also going to be talking about the loss of land, all because of a border wall where one is not needed. President Trump has said that where there is a natural barrier, a wall will not be built. However, around Mission, Texas, where there are sufficient natural barriers, there's a wall or a fence that's going up. Here, join us. And we welcome you. I'm Stephen. And with us today, we're going to be talking to several people about what's going on in the Rio Grande Valley and the wide-ranging impacts it's going to have not just there but all across the southern border of the United States. With me today is Amy Cooley. She's a writer from the El Paso Herald Post. We have Sam Williams. He was the independent candidate for the 16th Congressional District in El Paso, and he will be running again. And we have Lori Burnett, the CEO of We Are the Wall. And we're going to start with you, Lori. Um, where are you from? You're from El Paso, right? Yes, I live here in El Paso, Texas. Okay. And, and what is We Are the Wall? We Are the Wall is uh, it's me and Kathy. <laughs> we're the Resistor Sisters. Okay. And uh, we're old. I'm an old groovy granny that decided to um, start. This is her artwork. Okay. And on the uh, shirt where it says We Are the we Wall are the and wall. all the people yes, standing. This is it. Okay. And we turned it into uh, two boomers <laughs> who have decided that we need to make sure that our voices are heard. Okay. In this insane world we live in today. So I want to start with the Rio Grande Valley, and I'm sure Amy's going to jump in and Sam as well. Um, you called me mm-hmm. um, the other day, and we were talking about a cemetery, a butterfly sanctuary, and a chapel out in the Rio Grande Valley, all that's in the path of a proposed wall. You want to talk about that? Well, talk actually, about- we can also add a couple more. Uh, there's the, um, the Benson uh the Benson Park uh, State Park, that's going to be bulldozed, as well as the wildlife refuge area down by the in Mission, Texas. Okay. So where do you want to start, guys? Where would you want to start to tell this story? Well, allow me to let you know, first of all, I, I'm, I was on assi- I'm, I'm on assignment for, with the Defenders of Wildlife down there, and I was not familiar with the lower real ground at all until I got down there. And I was quite shocked coming from the El Paso area of the river down to the Rio Grande Valley. Mm -hmm. And the river is wonderful. It's beautiful. It's a paradise down there. Uh, Birders from around the world go down there. Uh, The wildlife that is there in the Delta is just phenomenal. Uh, We've got a river, very mighty river, that's 200 feet across, that there are boats and uh, the border patrols down there with their with their um, what gunboats uh, it's a very usable mighty real grand river okay and what what exactly though is happening what's the plans that they have for this area well what's happening down there now what the nation and the world does not know is that this border wall that this administration is put, trying to put down, well, it is putting down there, actually, uh, is going to do a lot of destruction to the area. Uh, there, the, the money has already been appropriated, so 
the money that has been spent on the 2018 omnibus program is that money's already been allocated. Right. So what we have is there is a 35-mile area in the lower Rio Grande Valley that the bulldozers are ready to come in at any time. The first six miles that are going to be bulldozed are all of those wonderful, beautiful wildlife pathways. Okay. Um, what's happening down there is I'm going to start with the, the National Butterfly Center. Okay. The National Butterfly Center consists of 100 acres, 30 acres on the north side of the levee, which where the wall was, is going to be, and then 70 acres in the south part, which goes to the river, the Rio Grande River. Now, what's happening there is that the Rio Grande River, from our treaty, is the center of it is the border between Mexico and the United States of America. The center of the river. Right, okay. right. Well, what they're doing is the border wall, obviously you have to be, the river is the natural border. Uh, the border wall has got to be straight. So they're pulling the border wall up two and a half to three miles from the natural river. So that's all that land in between is becoming the no man's land. Okay. And what we're doing and what is happening well in that area is that the people who live on that border, no one wants this except for the large landowners that don't even live there. So there's the issue of that. However, what has happened is that the Native American have all come on board and they are – setting up camp, and uh, they're there to protect their lands. And they're not their lands, but they're helping those to protect the lands that are being bulldozed right now. Okay, like a Standing Rock situation, maybe. Oh, yes. Okay. This is definitely going to be a repeat in Standing Rock. So, okay, so you're talking about like they're going to move <laughs> – Two miles from the river, on the U.S. side of the river. Yes. Okay. And it's just going to be this empty space, and then there's going to be a wall, and then the rest of the butterfly refuge. Well, what, what it is is that where the, where the, 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 bridge, the wall is going to be built mm -hmm. is on the levee system. Okay. There has to be 150 feet on either side of this wall that they're building this road. At the, at the Butterfly Center, they're also bringing it into where they're going to bring in dirt and sand to make it level. So they're taking it away beyond the 150 feet, even more land. Now, the Rio Grande River is a mile and a half from that, two miles from that area. Okay. Okay. And then the Native Americans, like they're coming to help everybody protect the land? Yes, they are. Okay. And how many... Uh, how many have shown up so far? How many are you guys anticipating? Well, first of all, the Native American Indians in that area are the Carrizo Comenu. I'm sorry. That's okay, Will. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. It's Comacrudos. Okay. Comacrudos. Uh, that's the Texas tribe. Uh, we, um, it's their their ancestry, their, their lands. Uh, we were... So, uh, recently, you mentioned the, the cemetery. There's a historical cemetery that is there. It's called the Jackson Family Cemetery that's been – and the chapel is part of the, the Jackson Family Historical Society, you know, the historical lot. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we all met down there with the Jackson family, and they have allowed the Native Americans to move in. So that's our first – the first camp that's going in, and it was put together – 
it was completed, the, the kitchen and the showers and all the waters came in on, on Monday when I came back here to El Paso. So that camp is already set up and it's ready to move in. Tribes that have come in to support are the tribes from Standing Rock. Okay. Uh, we've nice. got some tribe. The tribe from New Mexico, from Arizona, is here. Uh, the Comi, uh, the several tribes. Now they're right this weekend. They are in Tucson, and the Tucson is with the United Nations Congress of the United of the uh, American Indians. Okay. Okay. And they're bringing more in. Now, one thing I, I want to, before we move on to something else, I just want to mention that the the Butterfly Refuge, mm-hmm. um, the director of the Butterfly Center, Mariana Wright, she's on record as saying that it brings in $450 million to Hildago and Star Counties, the um, environmental tourism. That's what it right. contributes. Right. Um, I mean, there's a lot of butterflies down there. So this, this is all in danger of, of going away. Yes, it's definitely affecting affected the you know the ecotourism. This is a the real, the lower Rio Grande Valley is like I said, it's a you know beautiful place for wildlife. You know, birders from around the world come in. You know, you f- they figure that they come in to study the birds, study the butterflies, or being in hotel rooms, campsites. They're putting their money into the into the for food, lodging. I mean, it's a huge ecotourism. And of course there's the 28 federal laws that had to be suspended including the Endangered Species Act and the Clean Air Act and Mm -hmm. others just to get this done. Um, Something else in that area is a historic cemetery. Yes. You said has soldiers from the Civil War to World War II, correct? Oh, actually further than that. We've got, it's a family cemetery. There are soldiers there that have um, there's graves from the Civil War uh, the Native Americans believe that a lot of their relatives are buried there as well. Uh, I can show you a picture later where it shows where the wor- Civil War, World War One, World War Two, and the Korea War, that those are grave sites from, you know, the area. Okay. And these are these are these are veteran cemeteries that are. Yes, there's some veteran. Yes, those are veteran cemeteries. Now, Sam Williams, you you were in the army. Um, right. You served. You mm-hmm. were running for Congress. I mean. Yes. Why do you? Well, I I don't understand why we'd be tearing up a, a historical site just to put a wall in. Honestly, I mean this is part of the heritage of that area of Texas. You know, looking at a graph that I've looked at, you know, the rates that are coming across the border aren't as high as they were prior to two thousand five. We've already got miles of fence up. There's fence down there, or walls mm-hmm. already in place. But we do have other things that are happening right now. A lot of people haven't taken a look at the environmental impact. No, they haven't. And initially, I didn't either, and I, to be honest with you, because, you know, it was just this wall, wall, wall thing. Well, there's a point where is this wall necessary, too? No. You know, we've already paid for it several times over from what I can find, you know, through different administrations, not just this particular administration, but even farther back. So why – why are we redoing this now? You know, we got two side, two political factions that are destroying our country, regardless of what it matters. If they don't get their way, they stomp their feet. If the other side doesn't get their way, they stomp their feet. Nobody's coming together and looking at what the impact of all of this construction is going to have on habitat for certain types of animals. We're just starting to see the jaguar, the largest cat, 
in North America appear back in the United States, which has been well over 100 years since they were here. You know, we killed off so many predators during the early 1900s, late 1800s. But how are these animals going to travel back and forth? Because mm-hmm. they have very wide ranges. You know, I'm not a, I'm not going to say I'm a tree hugger or anything like that. I just, I don't understand why we don't protect that too. Because we do have the Endangered Species Act. Now we're suspending laws that we made to protect things other than humans. You know, because we do need to keep our, um, our natural resources viable. You know, that's why we have you know, quotas or limits on how we hunt, what we can hunt and fish for. There's a reason for that. It's to preserve that population. Now, not everything has to apply to the human race. You know, we have all these other creatures on this planet, unfortunately, that also live here, and they're not, they don't think like we do, that's for sure. They have a wide range that they need to cover. Well, the sad thing about this also is that the fact that the river is going to be on the south side of this wall, and you mentioned wall, gates, fence. Right. This is actually a wall. You have to and understand. This is, this is this is concrete. This okay. is you know concrete and the uh, metal fencing. But there, anyway, what's happening is that you've got right now down there we got the ocelots, okay. protected species, right? Uh, which is one of our target you know mm-hmm. animals that we're keeping an eye on. Yeah. And they have been found there in the lower Rio Grande Valley. Okay. Uh, there's just so much. What's the bulldozers are coming in during the the time for the the, the trees or for the the birds during their nesting area? Right, at right. Time. Okay, so somewhere around February time frame when the migratory birds start moving. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Now what they're saying they're going to be having all the that's when the bulldozers start. They're going to be knocking down trees and be knocking down, right. you know, clearing the area, right? Mm-hmm. And then now they're they're putting up all of the lights, so the nocturnal issue is there to where right. they're going to be twenty four hour hotspots. And something that I found very interesting is I was talking to Mariana. Mariana and I have become very good close, very good friends. She's been there six years. Okay. In the six years, she has seen maybe six people cross that river. I could believe that. Looking at the chart that I saw and I showed you just recently, I don't believe that it's that that traffic down there is going to be that high. Number one, you've got a you've got a water barrier you have to cross. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, boats do that, but the border patrol is using their boats. Yes, they are to patrol the border with, which is what they do. There are also other things that we can use. We have there's acoustic systems out right now that can differentiate between a human acoustic signature and a small animal's acoustic signature. We also have radar capable of picking up human-sized targets at 11 kilometers away. There is ways to, to protect this section of the border with technology over where we don't have to put a physical barrier. We can use an electronic fence because that's what it's going to be. But we can also be able to sort that out. If it's a human, we can go get it. You know, you can differentiate that. The operator can see that. And you can do miles of these sensors with one or two people actually monitoring it. And then those sections of the border are better protected at that point. But the environmental impact on this stuff is very low because the sensors go on the ground. There's seismic sensors we can also use, you know, because we have tunneling issues. People talk about that. But nobody's talking about how do we mitigate everything. There are places... That I, I agree that, you know, in major populated areas, 
you do need a fence. I mean, it's just like keeping somebody out of your own yard, right? Here in El Paso, every house has a rock wall. Why? I don't know. But we have rock walls everywhere. Now, what does that do for us? I don't know. The kids don't run around and play in everybody's yard anymore. That's for sure. So there, there's, bad, there's good and bad points to the fence. I ran security in Baghdad for the green zone. And we still had problems. We had a wall all the way around the green zone. Concrete wall, 12 foot high at its lowest point, you know, for every mile of the, that we covered of the green zone. We still had problems with people coming in. There's no way to stop everything with a fence. It's, it, the conception is fences are made to keep people out. They're also made to keep people in, and I don't think anybody has looked at that either. Allow me to share something with you. I happen to know the engineer who designed the, the fence, the gates that are being put up. Mm-hmm. Um, he was sharing with me that the, the circular, the tubular steel are four inches apart. Mm-hmm. When they were putting up the fencing the first time down there, uh, they would leave, the workers would leave their tools on the other side of the fence. And rather than going all the way around the wall back to pick up their tools to bring them back, he created a shoe that was quite interesting. He took a piece of wood, 18 inches long, cut it up, started with two inches at the toe, carved it out to where your shoe could fit in, put two straps of leather on the top of it from a scrap piece of wood, and they scaled it. Because with the, with the angle of the shoe on this one that. piece of deal, you put wood versus steel. They scaled it up, mm-hmm. scaled it down, got their tool up, <laughs> back within 30 seconds. I believe it. You want to hear something else, which is wonderful. All of this talk about keeping the bad hombres out, you know, the rapists and the drug dealers and everything else. There's these gates that this mm-hmm. man has created. And they all ha- it's a secret code in order to open the gate up and open the gate back. Like a key code. Yes, key yeah. code. The walls that, uh, that's already there, you can see you know, through the Internet. You can do some research, and you'll right. see where there's, there's families who those walls are already in their property. So at the National Butterfly Center, take for instance, you've got, in order to get to the back you know, 70 acres where right. the Girl Scout camps are and the Boy Scout camps mm-hmm. are and the fishing docks, in order to get that code to protect everybody from the bad hombres, all you have to do is go in there, sign your name, and pay your five dollars, and you get the code. And they don't they don't ask they for any kind of they don't have to no no they no right no so rather than have to worry about the bad hombres coming over and kidnapping the children or kid you know doing bribing a border patrol agent for the. The code so number. for five dollars a day, we could just start a business where we can just bring. Yes, that's it. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, that's how ridiculous. Ridiculous. that is how ridiculous this is. So we don't vet anybody that we're going to give this no. passcode to. So no. I go pay my five bucks regardless of who I am. Exactly, I can, and if I you're going to key code to a gate that unlocks so I can walk across between the U.S. and Mexico all day long. Yes, and you can take your children to the Girl Scout camp on the other side of the river. On the other side of the wall, and the right. reason why, because I mean, that's where they're they're building, you know, the study centers. It's it's insane what they're doing. I, I don't. It's to insane. me, it sounds like a big waste of money at this point. 
Oh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, honestly, for something like this. It actually sounds like less security at this moment. Like that's a lot less security. And that's what, that's what Mariana believes. Because that's what you, everybody there believes. Because what's happening is like you've got – it is more dangerous that way. Right. Yeah. To where – yes, it's most definitely. Because you're not limiting access. No. You're buying no, access. There's no. no security there. And then plus you use the same key code to get back through again. Absolutely. And there's nobody guarding. So. It, absolutely. And then, that, you know, the, these are things that people aren't thinking about. These are things people aren't putting forward. I mean, what's happened is that the diversion tactics of this administration, is they don't even know what they're doing, meaning it was just last week. They've been asking, the, air, the people around the board have been asking when, when, when. You know, this is not the new Trump wall. This is the old. This was from the old money, right? So they've already given the contracts out. So the people with the contracts, these multi-million-dollar contracts, can take that contract to a bank today mm-hmm. and get the cash on it. What's happened? What we have now is that the only way to stop this is for all of us. We still are the wall. We still are the people, and there has to be. Some form of – and that's why the Native Americans are coming down. Actually, we need mm. to get it all out. Now, let's, um, because the butterfly sanctuary is not the only thing there that we talked about. There's no. also a Benson chapel. State Park. Oh, the chapel. Yeah, oh, that's the state Lalomita. Park too. See, we're going to get into that state park in a second. But the chapel <laughs> Lalomita. is right in the path of this thing. Exactly. Lalomita Chapel, the, there's a wonderful priest in the area, and that is his parish. Uh, the Catholic Diocese there uh, is in court right now. They have uh, placed a, a lawsuit against this. This historical chapel, uh, La Lomita, is right in the path of the bulldozer. They are, the bulldozer will literally, 150 feet from where the, 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 the fence will be, or the gate, or whatever you want to call it, is the, the chapel's gone. To God. And that's coming up in three weeks. And how old is this chapel? How old is it? 1899. Built oh. in 1899. So it, it meets, it's a historical yes. monument at this point. Well, not yes, so well, look at the. Uh, it's, already, it's already aged past yes. something to be tore down. Yes. I mean, I lost a house in Florida because it didn't quite make the historical marker by like two years. So the state took the house and widened the road. Mm-hmm. So why are, you know, this and this house had been built. The one I'm talking about had been built in like 1908, I think it was. Uh-huh. But because we had to sell the property, the state was widening that road. They couldn't widen it on both sides. So they took 120-some feet of our property to put that road in. And we had a house there that would have qualified just about as a historical landmark. Right. And the Jackson Family Cemetery? Yes. In that's, Mission, Texas? That's it. That's where the That's the first camp that uh, the the Native Americans have set up. That's the first one they set up now. Okay. And so it, 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 it boggles the imagination that mm. all of this is happening, but seemingly no one's putting it all together as one giant thing affecting all the I mean it's 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 a butterfly effect. I, I hate to say it that <laughs> way. One thing is going to take out the other. I mean Yes. 
what 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 do we do now where where are we at how do we stop this like because if they're going to take this and then there's a, and then they the border being in the middle don't forget of the arizona river. don't no, for, don't don't forget arizona don't forget california don't forget what what they're doing up in new mexico we've got no one has looked at the impact of this wall other than how many brown people are they going to keep out of america <sighs> that's not Which a is, good way to go. I mean, I don't think it's going to keep out what they think it's going to keep no. out because they, they make it sound like everybody's coming over in these big waves. No. And you can look down the street, which you can see the border from almost anywhere in El Paso, and there's there's not waves of anything coming over except you know, maybe smog sometimes. No. <laughs> the brown air. Yeah. One thing I do want to talk about, the 28 laws that they suspended for this wall, one of them is the American Indian Religious Freedom Act, mm-hmm. meaning they're going to lose sacred land sacred land on both sides of the border. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we've seen how the government feels about sacred lands, especially up in Dakota. You know. <laughs> well, they, the wonderful thing about the Native Americans, they were truly here first. They were. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we're borrowing their lands. You know, there, there is uh, they have been treated horrendously. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And, no, they have. And here they are again. And who who's coming to save the white man now? You know, but I don't know. Maybe in a way, to me, it sounds poetic because there there was nobody to save the natives. No. 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 When 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 everybody came over on boats and and up from the south with the Spaniards and whatnot, and here it is, another another group of minorities being targeted, being uh, by our dare I say xenophobic president, and we're sitting here, and and we as American citizens are debating. Oh my gosh, some of us want the wall, some of us don't want the wall, most of us don't want the wall. But then you have the Native Americans, however badly they were treated, everything that they lost, everything that they lost. And here they are coming to the rescue. Yes. And I think that that's beautiful. And it's I think absolutely. it's poetic. It's like it reminds me of that song, Cherokee People. Right. Mm-hmm. The the chief of the uh, Dakota tribe from North Dakota that are, is here, he's a former Marine. He was telling me the story uh, just the other day that – he is being given the awards for the World War One Native Talkers to the families. Yes. And the Navajos for the World War Two. He is receiving those to get offered to their families from the United States of America. He's he's in Texas now and he is manning he's coming in to support. Right now what we're trying to do, obviously the uh, Native American community is not a wealthy community. Obviously. Uh, we're looking to get some funds together to bring the uh, the, the gentleman that was caught up in this, um, the elder from the tribe that was met with the child with the red oh, cap. Oh, Nathan Phillips. Nathan Phillips, mm-hmm. yes. So he's willing to come in to you know to be supportive as well. That would be nice. Yes. Yeah, so we're looking. You know, we're start. The camps are. I mean, they're literally camping out there. So we're the community, just like El Paso. You know, is just like we do with the my, my, my migrants, McAllen has their migrant. Uh, McAllen has our Ruben Garcia down there. 
And that's something I got to interrupt you. The migrants, the, you know, the narrative is that we that, that the wallets in place stopped the migrants. No. When I talk to people, um, they don't realize that El Paso took in thousands of Cubans a couple of years ago. People like to say, no, you're lying. It happened here in Arkansas. They didn't come through your town. And then when I when, when I show them that today yet there are migrants coming through, they're like, no, they're not. They're being turned away. So we're getting a double side here from from the, the top down. You know, they're saying it's not happening, but nobody wants to believe it when they see it's happening. And I'm wondering how many people are going to believe that we're losing a chapel, we're losing the butterfly refuge, we're losing the cemetery, we're losing land. No one, how do we open the eyes of these narrow-minded, I can't, I don't want to say allow it. Me, but. Allow me to tell you, share something with you. I was in McAllen when the president came in. The sad thing about this is that exactly what happened here in El Paso when Nielsen came in. Anybody who was against this administration were not welcome at the roundtable. Cornyn chose who was going to be at the roundtable in McAllen. What the national press failed to show were the thousands of community members of McAllen lining the streets in protest of him coming in. On the other side of the street were a few hundred, not thousand, a few hundred uh, supporters carrying the Made in China blue flags. Well, we be- I believe that they were brought in on buses. No doubt about it. We saw the buses. Everybody at the round table were people, even when you look at that picture of what's what, uh, at that, when he was there, about the, the drugs and the guns and the money, None of that came across the river. None of that came across an area where the fence is. I, None I, of it. I do like how the lady in her from Border Patrol, how she kept showing all the tunnels under the fence, though. Yeah. Which sort of negates the whole idea that, oh, you know, you're this big behemoth that we're going to destroy the environment for is going to save the country somehow. When in reality, according to Department of Homeland Security, most people who here are here illegally overstayed visas or came through Canada. Right. I right. mean, no one cares. And the drugs come right through the points of entry anyway. Exactly. Right. So most of your contraband is not coming. It's not being muled anymore yeah. through the desert. You know, obviously they're coming through ports of entry with tractor trailer loads. And it's not, you know, it's not marijuana anymore. That's for sure. Because that doesn't make any money. Not in the U.S. because well, we've no. started at least feeling, you know, showing that it's medically, like for people like me with PTSD, it does work. You well, know, what we have, what we have here now is we've got a three-week window. We've got a three-week window for a possible new government shutdown. government shutdown. Exactly. We have two weeks before the bulldozers hit our butterfly centers. You know, our, our ranchers, our farmers, our, mm-hmm. our, I, we had a wonderful family down there, Ray Anzaldoa. And his brother, his cousin is uh, Mr. <coughs> Cabasos. He's a disabled veteran uh, who has got their family's land was given to them during the Spanish treaty. Right. They have chopped up and st- t- stolen that property over and over and over again. And the last bit of land that they have now is where the new camp is going to be, is on that property. Okay. And um, here this is, this disabled man, disabled veteran, 
mm-hmm. is watching the wall be put in between and lose his land. How many people have lost land like that, too, that mm-hmm. aren't being paid for it? It's just being taken during for eminent domain. May I, may I tell you, share something else with mm-hmm. you? If, if you look, look back at the, the last forum meeting that happened last two weeks ago in Washington, D.C., in uh, Congressman uh, Grijalva's uh, uh, he did a co- conference with the Environmental Committee. They were talking about how I just <laughs> <laughs> it happens. But so they were in the Environmental Committee. They were talking right. about this whole the impact of oh, all. Oh yeah, of this, the impact or? of all of this. And okay. what you talk about eminent domain. There, there was a congressman on the panel that was from California, and it was like, we need to stop and look at this. Because not only with this eminent domain and how much land has been lost by, this, by the government, and they also have to, take, have to take a look at the cleanup and the maintenance of this, this wall. Because they haven't even allowed a flood, because that's a flood zone, obviously. Right. They haven't even done the water study. If you notice that last week there was an article from the Texas Observer that came in and a congressman had filed a bill to try to put a stop on this this new or this the contracts coming in because there has not been a water study. So there was no hydraulic study no. done at all. No. No. So and what's we're bu- happening we're building in a floodplain. Yes. Right? Is what it comes down to. Yes. That is a natural barrier to the border. <laughs> But here's what they're going to say, though. They're going to say it's not a wall, it's slats, but then all the debris that's going to pack up against it and reroute the water. And and look at what what it did to the the area down there anyway in the last rain. With the hurricane. You know, the hurricane. Sure. You know, what? Where does it go? Right. And even Mariana was talking about it in in the forum, how there was a hurricane just a few years back, about five years ago. I don't remember the name of the hurricane. But she was saying that it, t- it they had to pay for the repair, the, the repairs and the cleanup. The but- National Butterfly Center paid for that, right? And that was when the, they were going, "Why? You know, this is a where where the where the the levee was. Mm-hmm. It no one's taken any of that into consideration. The government has not allowed the the landowners. You know, they give it, they send out, send out letters. We're getting ready to take your land. We're right. going to buy. We're going to sell you. We'll buy." your acreage for $100 an acre, and over here you've got a, la- a large landowner who lives in New York City. Right. And it's a citrus boy thing, and he's got a big high-dollar attorney. So the government says, rather than $100 an acre for you, I'm going to go ahead and give you $15 million for your property. And see, that's not and equitable. That's happening. But it's it not equitable happening. to the people that are losing, exactly. to the normal guy that's losing land. It, to the farmers. To, yes. That's why I brought up eminent domain, because... You know, it, it comes down to the point, if you don't take what we're going to give you, we're going to take it anyway. My problem with all of this is, where is Texas? So Texas has a <laughs> thing on the books, you know, a constitutional amendment we passed that said you can't take property under eminent domain if it's for a private company. You know, like Walmart can't come in and say, we want this land, take it for us so we can have it. But, you know, we're totally neglecting the fact that the U.S. government's coming in and taking this land. Um, where do we stop that? They're taking a state park. No matter who I tell that a state park is in danger or that they're oblivious to those facts, it's it's sad. I don't know how to open their eyes. I don't know how to get this through to them. But why is Texas not saying, look, stop? Why did a company, Cards Against Humanity, have to buy up a bunch of land and in order – 
to, yeah, to, to try to fight the whole entire wall thing. Why? Why? I mean, darling, you're asking the wrong person. You're singing at the choir here. But the people who you can ask the questions to don't want to talk. They won't talk about any of it. That's the problem. They would. That is the problem. They because aren't nobody talking. wants to sit down and give you all the facts or what they've done or how we've how there's no rhyme or reason to the approach that's happening right now for any of this. And it's it's throughout the country with just about any and every issue. There is no nobody taking a stand or a lead in our government right There's, now. There is a they would give everything away to make a buck. You know, I believe the shutdown, if you look at the shutdown that's going to happen again in February, you know, these furloughed employees too, people don't think about this, but after 30 days, they don't have to bring them back to work. What if this is being engineered by both of the parties that control our country? And I think it's more the party thing that's killing us right now and keeping everybody divided. So we're only getting, you know, because one person watches this news, the other person watches this news. And then they don't have all the facts. They don't want to sit down and do like we do and go through and read everything and talk to different people to find out what's really going on and get the whole story and put it together. The night before, the night before uh, Trump showed up in the valley, we were all – Several of the of the native of the Native Americans were with us, and Mariana and I, and my boss Paul Nevada was there, and in walks Geraldo Rivera. Oh goodness! So um, so respected. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. You know, I I walked right up to him, introduced myself, and said, "Hello, I'm Lori Burnett. I'd like to meet you." And uh, he had his cameraman with him, and I brought Mariana over there and met. She met him and. She started telling him about what was going on with, uh, down there, you know, the environmental impact, you know, what's happening to our wildlife, what's happening to the, to the National Butterfly Center. Mm-hmm. And he had not even heard anything about it. <laughs> heard nothing. The next morning, though, Juan Macias, the chief of the, of, of the Comendos, mm-hmm. was on the phone on a live radio broadcast with him with Mariana on the other line. Uh, Geraldo and his team came out to the National Butterfly Center and looked at it. She toured them all the way to the river. And it's like, why are why is this happening? And it's like, the media is not covering this. They are not re- looking at the fact of everything and the entire impact of this wall. Right. And we've had people down there from Japan. We've had people down there from Germany. We've had people there from Scotland, the press. We've had press down there from all around the world, but where's our national media here? We have local people, two, uh, just two, two, well, four days ago, the local AB, NBC affiliate came in from Houston. They did a spot over the cemetery. But it's like all of a sudden, you know, like everybody wants to cover once the bulldozers come in. Mm-hmm. Well, like the people who live on the valley are saying, we don't want you to come film the house on fire when we know it's going to come on fire. We need you to help us before the fire starts. Right. And right. they're saying, well, we don't care about helping before the fire. We want to see the flames. There you go. And yes, that's, exactly. That's and that, that's the problem that we have you know, right and, now. And that's, that's the thing right now. That's the one thing that I'm noticing about everything that's going on is that it's like people want to be angry. They want to start fights. They want – there's so much division and that, that's – it's like – it's like people, you know, your shirt and we are the wall. But for some people, it's like we are the flames. Right. You know, that's everything that's going on is the flame, 
to to fan those flames to divide us even more because if you divide people, you have more control over them. And that's what it's coming down to. Well, yeah. Julius Caesar used to say divide and, and conquer. Well, but that's what, exactly what happens. What? As a house – Lincoln's the one that said it. What, a house divided? We'll, we'll shut fall, Well, you know? what ha- I have a brother. God love you, Bill. If you're listening to this, I'm talking about you. I love you with all my heart. <laughs> my brother Bill, a Vietnam veteran. Mm-hmm. You know, three of his children all served in the military. Uh, he was – he's from Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. And he is, this is for him, basically, because he has no clue what is happening here on the border. He has no clue what it's like living here on the border, that we already have a wall right here. Right. You know, the, the people that are the, being the noisiest are all saying, you know, build the wall, build the wall, build the wall, and they have no clue what, we're, what we have here. And and that's that's where it gets even sad. I, I've talked to people who have said, "Well, you guys are the most violent city in the United States. <laughs> uh, it's a okay. gun battle." Um, look at Jeff Sessions, former Attorney General Jeff oh. Sessions. You guys are on the front line of a raging war. I know your city's a danger zone. I would love to walk him through the Segundo Barrio at night so we can see how many people don't come after you. Exactly. Um, but then you have other people who say, "Well, the wall contributed to." Everything you see. That, oh, yeah, that, I've heard that. But and even even before the wall here in El Paso, you know, the people who came across, those who came across even illegally, I mean, they're working. They're not – they're not – they're it, well, it's it, – I, I have no words. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up something that's, that brought my heart to an absolute standstill and many here, uh, the Torneo Children's Camp. Oh, yeah. You know, um, that was where – my heart absolutely shattered. Uh, I do do a lot of volunteer work with the Annunciation House here, and uh, it's an honor for mm. me to be with the, you know the, the the moms and the children and everything, and then the families coming over. It really is. But while I was there, I met Beth O'Rourke. Brought in some senators and representatives, uh, congressmen from before he had left. While and they toured the plant or the, the city, tent city. The tent city. Mm-hmm. And I remember going up to, you know, Mazi Hirona, and she was aghast at what was happening. She said, this is just horrendous. And I said, you know, it's sad to me that we don't have a voice in the Senate that's going to stop this. You know, unfortunately, uh, we have, I, I personally have reached out to Ted Cruz, and I personally went and met Cornyn. And Mazi Hirona said to me, she says, you do have a voice. Every single one of us in Congress is your voice. It's just we're just not our, the, you know, our area. You can always call on me, you know. And that is something. Taking the politics aside, I'm, I know it's a little spur on it, but a lot of people don't realize how much our voices do matter. How much our letters do matter. How much our emails do matter. You know, keep them going. We've got to continue this wave that we're in, you know, the women's movement, you know, the blue wave, whatever. We've barely, we barely cracked the ocean, ladies and gentlemen, but we can. Our voices, this is still our government. What's happening up there now and what they're doing is, it's against what we want. So it's the only way we can. what we want. Yes, we've got to get the voice, voices out. You know, we've invited people down to... The, when the email came in two days ago about the U.S. attorney saying, okay, we're here. 
the bulldozers are coming mid-February. Um, get ready. And it's like everybody in that – we want everybody to write and call their representative, especially the ones who are on that committee, and invite them to the Butterfly Center. Invite them to Benson Park. Invite them to the area where the wall is being built. Right. When, in two more weeks, when those bulldozers destroy that habitat down there, we're trying to get our state representatives, our senators, our congressmen, go down and look at it. Because obviously you haven't seen it. Obviously, you don't know what's going to happen. I want to ask somebody in Pennsylvania, Bill Lister, thank you very much, how he would feel. I mean, I love my brother. I adore my brother. But I want you to know, it's, how, would, how would somebody in Pennsylvania feel if the government came in and said, we're taking half your farm? Right. You know, how would, how would somebody in Arkansas feel that, you know, we're taking this, your, the lake off of your property? Say goodbye to it. We're going to put a 30-foot fence or wall up. So, okay. Let, let, let's go ahead and let, wind this down here um, because th- there are a lot of questions, and we can't, sitting here, we're not going to come up with answers. We need to spur people on. That's what we need to do. And for everyone in El Paso, I would say take a look at, at what's happening right now in Mission Valley, Texas, because it's going it, to happen. There's a park right by the river um, near a brick plant. You know, we're going to lose access to that, I'm sure. I, I, if they're going to follow this plan, where there's no wall, where there's no fence, we're going to lose more. So what would you suggest, as a closing thought, what would you suggest that we do to save Mission Valley, Texas, to save Mount Chris coming across in um, Arizona? And the ocelots. And the, the ocelots, ocelots. The butterflies. I mean, one person that, that Sam and I both know on a comment said, well, butterflies fly. Huh. I mean, <laughs> you know, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do now constructively over the next 7 to 14 days to stop those bulldozers? Pick up those 600-pound phones. Start calling. Write letters. Send postcards. Talk to your friends. uh, Call your representative and keep on calling. Our voices matter. Write write articles to newspapers in McConnell's McConnell's, hometown. Start writing. Anybody who can write... Write the letters. Send them out. This is we are on a we are on a, a time limit here, folks. We have got to make we've got to work together in unity to save and, this. And don't think it's just happening there. It's going to happen here. Yes. it's and going this isn't to happen in Arizona. This is real. This it's is, going to happen right. in California. It's happening. So I want to thank you guys for coming. We had Amy Cooley with us today from the El Paso Herald Post. Sam Williams. He was the 16th congressional district independent candidate, and he's going to be running again. And Lori Burnett, the CEO of We Are the World, and we had her we sitting the, over we there. The we are the world. We are the world. <laughs> Oh. So, you know, yeah. as we're closing, and I watched... Art, and the artist extraordinaire who designed the, the We Are the Wall has been... I actually watched patiently. Bohemian Rhapsody last night, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, thank that's you all. We so are losing it. access to landmarks, waterways, and one other key component that we didn't cover in our conversation. And that's where people go to hunt. In some areas where the fence is being built, hunters are going to lose access to places that they have historically hunted. So, loss of a natural wildlife refuge, loss of a historic chapel, a cemetery, and locally lost to access of Mount Cristo Rey, where does it all end? Where does it all stop? Thank you for joining us today. This piece is a cooperative effort between the El Paso Herald Post and Still Going Somewhere. 
The El Paso Herald Post, your only locally owned daily digital news source featuring news, opinion, sports, and lifestyle information right on your web-enabled devices. Find the El Paso Herald Post at www.elpasoheraldpost.com. Still Going Somewhere, copyright 2019, all rights reserved. Still Going Somewhere is a registered trademark. For more information, visit us online at www.stillgoingsomewhere.com. Dot com.